worship you and bless your holy name. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are holy and you are God alone. And we thank you, Lord, that you sent your Son to die on the cross for our sins, that we might have everlasting life as we place our faith in you. So bless us, O oh God, to prepare to worship you and bless your holy name and hear a word from your God. We give you the glory and we give you the praise for it all belongs to you. Amen. 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 This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad and grateful for you to join us here in person. Those who join us online, we also want to welcome you to fellowship in the love of our Savior Jesus Christ. A little something like this.
Trust in Him during this season, all right? Amen. Amen. The scripture reading will come from Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Hebrews chapter 10. Talking about Christ's sacrifice once for all. All right. Amen. I begin at verse 1. And it reads, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, mm-hmm. a dim preview of the good things to come, yes, sir. not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Mm-hmm. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Yes, sir. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Yes, sir. You are not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. First, Christ said you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ 
once for all. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Yes, sir. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Amen. Amen. Oh, 
Thank you, Lord, that uh, you see past our faults, you see our needs. We thank you, Lord, you are a present help in the time of trouble. Father, we're dealing with so much, but we're grateful, God, that greater is you than he that is in the world, that through Christ we can do all things. So, Father, we continue ask you to give us strength, give us wisdom as we prepare to hear a word from you, O oh God. Speak now, Lord, your servants are listening. That we might have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. Bless us through this preaching moment that we might see Jesus and live for him, we pray. Amen. 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 As we are in the uh, fourth Sunday of Advent and looking to celebrate and remember uh, coming this weekend, the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, wrapped in flesh, simply to die on the cross uh, for our sins. I want to talk about this morning about gift wrapped Jesus in the flesh. The presentation of our Christmas spirit in this world, oftentimes you see the picture of a tree with presents around. And one thing about these presents that make them special is how they are wrapped, how they are adorned with colorful wrapping paper. And in the process of some studies show that how a good of a package is wrapped, the better the recipient feels about the gift. Just because how it is wrapped. And you might have seen it, right? Children want that one, right? Which gift do you want to open up first? The one that looks the biggest, the one that has the prettiest bow 
and the ribbon are the one they want. They may not even like the gift, but the presentation makes them appreciate the gift. It's amazing how a child rather unwrap a gift than get a gift back, right? They want to tear the paper off the box and see what's, what's inside. And, and of course, you know, if they didn't like the gift, they go, oh, when they open it up, when it's not what they expect it to be. But the thing is that we find out that the joy is in the wrapping. I want to talk about how Jesus, the Son of God, has always existed, but then wrapped himself in flesh. The presentation of this gift is beautiful that he came in the form of a servant, in the image of a man, to die on the cross for our sins. We celebrate the advent of our Christ. We celebrate the advent of the Son of God wrapped in flesh to be the perfect sacrifice. John says the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the perfect expression of God's love towards us, given to us, for us. This is also a beautiful thing how in Christmas time we do gift exchange, right? You have to give a gift to get a gift. But God did not do a gift exchange. He freely gave a gift to us that we could never give back to him. Sometimes you do gift exchange and it's a minimum level, right? To say, hey, the most you can give is five. I'm sorry, the minimum you can give is five. The most you can give is ten. But nothing we can give back to God will measure what he's already given to us. But what we can give back to God is our life. A life of service, a life of humility, a life of worship. And so we look into our text, let's look into what God has given to us in this awesome rap gift, the eternal son of God stepping into time, being wrapped in flesh. And notice that we needed him to step in so that we could have a right relationship with God, the father. Hebrews 10 verses 1 through 10 tells us about the old system, way how we had to daily, uh, the Israelites had to daily prevent represent sacrifices to our God, and he presents sacrifice to our God because of the constant shame and guilt present because of sin. Hebrews 10, 1 and 10, New Living Translation, Word of God reads, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year. But they were never able to provide perfect cleansing of those who came to worship. If they could have approved perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. I'm going to stick a pen in there for a moment, highlighting the first part about a shadow. Notice that Tom says this is only a shadow, but not the real thing. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. This shadow suggests to us definitely with the Platonic understanding of Plato's shadow of the cave allegory or the allegory of the cave, which shows detail. A shadow shows detail, but not a descriptive depiction of what the image really is. If you're not familiar with this allegory, basically Plato tells about how men are chained together in a cave with their back uh, facing the entrance of the cave and a fire, and all they see is the wall. And looking at the wall, all they saw were shadows and images to them that became reality. 
And so this is all they've seen since their birth that they ex- ex- believe that when they saw another person, they saw that shadow, that's a person carrying an object, carrying a bird or whatever it might have been. But that shadow was their reality. What he's pointing out to them that once you become enlightened and you start seeing things and start realizing that now the sun is too bright for you to handle, that you've got to slowly take together and realize and peel back all the false information you have received to get the real. But it's pointing out the shadow never, shadow never really describes or depicts what is actual, but it's only a dim preview or a bad copy, if you will. All they saw were the shadows projected on the wall, which became the reality, but they, they did not have an accurate representation of the real world. Same thing, the shadow of the sacrifice was just a, a limited thing that they could do, but does not compare to the perfect sacrifice to come in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why verse 2 says, if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. I want to point out here another thing, too, what he's suggesting here. The worshipers would have been purified once and for all. So if we are worshipers of our God, well, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked that question. Worshipers basically means that we serve him. And to serve him means to do what he calls us to do. I, I believe many of us have gone to a restaurant and you have a servant, right, a, a waiter, somebody serving you, and basically they only do what you ask them to do. If they don't do what you ask them to do, you start asking questions. Well, I didn't ask for this. Oh, it's complimentary, right? They let you know, right? Like, I didn't, don't, don't try to give me something I did not ask for, right? And so here it is that we try to serve God with what he did not ask for. But God has made it clear what he desires, to love our neighbor, to be kind one to another, to be good and love justice and mercy and to look after our so when we are perfectly doing what God calls us to do, we are worshiping him. Worship, as we sometimes have limited to singing and music. But worship is not just singing and music. Those are other forms of worship, but also worship is your service. Being a fully devoted disciple of Christ is worship. And so notice that we want to be those same subjects. We want to be worshipers. We want to be worshipers that can stand. In the presence of God, with joy, with a pure conscience, knowing that we are worshiping a true God. And notice what it says that for the worships would have been purified once for all time. I want to highlight this word purified, to be made holy, to be made in right standing with God. We're going to see this again talking about how the perfect sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ sanctified us, set us apart for holy purposes. So I want to highlight here that we are worshipers created by God for his glory. And since we are for his glory, we ought to do things that should bring glory to him, honor to him. Therefore, we ought to do things that are holy, what are righteous, what are pure. Which means that we are not perfect. It doesn't mean that we won't mess up, but it does mean that our hearts are in the right place. That's why it says, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. See, guilt reminds us I didn't do what I should have done. Guilt reminds us that we are sinners in desperate need of grace and mercy. But when we confess our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then we are repenting, then we remove this guilt and the shame because therefore guilt also reminds us of a penalty, 
of something's going to come. But yet when we're found in Christ, we know the joy of salvation, joy of redemption and the joy of a good reward. And so the, the law was just a shadow. It, it shows what is what, what could have been, but shows you what is not. But God coming is the fulfillment of this law. And so therefore, instead of those sacrifices they were making that reminds them of their sin year after year. For it's, verse 4 says, for it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's why verse 5 points out that is why when Christ came into this world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. If you have a study Bible or some Bibles or annals, you can see there uh, that this is a reference to a text. And this text in the Old Testament is Psalms 40. And so now the writer of Hebrew is suggesting to us that these scriptures, this text is being fulfilled in Jesus's lips, saying that when Jesus is when he became flesh, that he was fulfilling what's being said here. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. This body, the perfect sacrifice. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's pointing out that alone, every other sacrifice would not be satisfactory. They were also continuously needed to make these and perform these sacrifices before the Lord. And only certain people could present these sacrifices, which were the priest and the high priest. And verse six says, you were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings of sins. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. First, Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings were sin for no, nor were you pleased with them, though you are, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. This new covenant that Jesus has established with us, this awesome gift being presented to us, we Think about it every first Sunday here at Zion when we break bread with one another. Jesus established his covenant because there's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. And every covenant is established by shedding of blood. That's why when Jesus sat down with the disciples, he says, I'm establishing you a new covenant. And he, when he represents this body, this bread, which represents my body being broken for you. When he took up the cup, he said, this represents my blood, which we poured out for the remissions of your sins. And this was basically pointing out to them that when I will be put up on the cross, my body will be broken for you. My blood will be shed for you. And I am the perfect living sacrifice that God will be pleased with that will satisfy all your sins and your punishment and your shame and your guilt. The beauty of this rip, of this rap gift of Jesus. Notice that he had to be made in the flesh in order for this gift to be presented to us for our salvation. It couldn't come any other way. 
Notice that he could have came as an ox, as a turtle dove. All these other offerings that God has already established for them to come. But no, he did not come as a lamb, as a goat, as an ox, or a turtle dove. But no, he came in the image of man. Which shows us how much God loves us. Because when you read in Genesis, he says that when he made man, he said, very good. You know, he had an adjective there to modify the noun, to let you know that it wasn't just good. Everything else was good. But when he made man, it was very good. And the beautiful thing that he made us after his own image. And so that's why we get excited to know that our God loves us so much that he sent his son. Sent his son for what reason? Now, here's another thing about this awesome gift. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. That's verse 10. Remember I said that purified, right? Worshippers who are purified, right? We cannot make ourselves holy. We have to be made holy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so here's the thing that if you don't understand about the sacrifices, when they would make the sacrifices, the, the annual sacrifice for the atonement, when they would do this, this service, that the, the, the priest, the high priest would have to sacrifice, and then he would spill the blood over the altar. The altar now becomes sanctified by the spilling of the blood. And, and this is done in the holies of holies of, of, of dousing the blood. Here's the beautiful thing about this. What's happening here is pointing out to us that how the blood has now made what was an inanimate object holy and presentable to God to receive the sacrifice. It was not holy on its own, even though they made it and dedicated it to be holy. It had to be sanctified by the blood. One encourages us to understand that you can't be holy without the blood. And so when we confess, hallelujah, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we start receiving, hallelujah, his blessing, and we start knowing the power of his blood, and we start seeing his movement in our hearts and in our minds, and we start being transformed, we start being changed, because no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And so we are sanctified, we are set apart for holy purposes, to do things that bring glory and honor to our God. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. And here's the beautiful thing, that not only is he the sacrifice, but he is the priest that presents the sacrifice. And he's not just the priest, but he's the high priest. And he's not just the high priest, but he's also the king of kings. And so Jesus, being the king of kings and the high priest, has satisfied our penalty, our debt, by being our shame. Our guilt. He who is innocent took all what was ours on him. Definitely in the time of when he was dying, the Passover lamb, they would have a scapegoat and a goat that would go out that took all the other sins. And so Jesus was our scapegoat. He took all sins. He took our shame, our punishment. The chastise of us was upon him. By his stripes, we are here. And now we are able to be in a right relationship with God. Because Jesus has set us right with him. Hebrews 10, 11 and 18 says, under the old covenant, the priest stand and minister before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. 
Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 13 says there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, for he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. See the emphasis again, being purified, being sanctified, being made holy. God is working on us, working in us. And so somebody wants to judge you, somebody wants to talk about how you're not right, you can look at it with a wink in your eye and say, you're right. That's why God's working on me. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that I don't have it all together. That's why Christ died. Because if, if I had it all together, he didn't have to die. But he died because I need his grace. I, I need his mercy. There's some things in my life I still don't have right. But I thank God that that gift keeps on giving. Mm. And so the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there's no need to offer any more sacrifices. Jesus, our king and our high priest. Hebrews 7 chapter talks about Melchizedek, who was a king and a priest. But yet Jesus is greater than Melchizedek because he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the host of hosts. And he's the high priest. This new covenant that God has established lets us understand that we don't have to bring turtle doves. We don't have to bring ox. We don't have to bring goats and sacrifice their blood. But Jesus' sacrifice once and for all satisfied the debt. For the way to sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And this was done for the forgiveness of sins. Again, what is Forgiveness. Forgiveness basically means to be released or to be debt free. And so we owe back to God for what we have done, for how we've messed up. And so we had to bring offerings and say, Lord, here it is. Now, here's the offering. The offerings was a sacrifice from you. So this is a time frame when they had their own plantations and their cattle. So they didn't go buy. They, they didn't have to go and get something of some excess. They had to take what they had. So they had to take their best. Wasn't the worst. It was the best they took. And they had to present that sacrifice. That's why it was heavy, holy, and acceptable, without blemish, without spot. These sacrifices had to be the good sacrifice. Oftentimes when we donate stuff, we give stuff away, it's not a sacrifice. It don't hurt. That's why David made it clear when he messed up and sinned before God and God brought the the pestilence upon the people, and then he bought the land where God ended it to bring a sacrifice. The guy says to the king, say, hey, hey, king, you don't need to buy anything. Hey, I freely give it to you. He says, I can't give to God. That doesn't cost me anything. He understood, and he paid the man more than what it was worth because he had to make a sacrifice. He had to make it hurt in order to give it back to God. And so here's the situation about sacrifices is that they had to bring from their best of their cattle. So if you only had one cow, and it was time to sacrifice that cow. Guess what you had to give up? That one cow. And you had to bring it before the Lord for your sacrifice. And then you had to go buy you a new cow. That's what had to be done. And those that did not have a sacrifice, then they had to use their money to buy a sacrifice. It had to cost you something. And so here it is that it cost us something. But we could never satisfy this payment. And so Christ came and settled the debt. 
settle the accounts so that we could be free, so that we can now be used for his glory, used for his purpose, used for righteousness and holiness. So my challenge for us to think about not only when we're exchanging gifts and giving gifts in time of Christmas, let us understand that we should also be giving back to our God. How do we give back to him? Remember, worshiping is serving. So how do I serve? I, I love my neighbor. I'm kind to those around me. I give to those who are in need. Remember, when we talk about sowing fruit of repentance. Those that don't have, I give. Those who don't have food, I give. I can give them my time. I can give them my resources, but also I can show grace. I can show mercy. I can show others what it means to live after our Lord and Savior. Give back to the God who has set you free. Give back to the one who has shown you love unconditional. Give back to the one that loves you more than you can ever think or even imagine. That is worship. Romans 12 and 1, we know it right. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing, acceptable. What Sometimes we might forget what it says towards the end of this verse. For this is your reasonable act of worship your reasonable act of service. So as we celebrate the gifts and we adorn our trees with wrapped gifts, let us not forget about the perfect wrapped gift of the eternal God who always been in existence, the Son of God, who stepped into time, wrapped in flesh, only to be crucified so that we might have eternal life. So let us not forget how to give back to him what he's freely gives to us, eternal life, by now serving him with humility, serving him with gratitude, serving him with love, and bring glory and bring honor to him when we are called for holy, purified, sanctified purposes. And so how do we do that? We follow his instructions. We follow his directions. And we serve the one true God who loves us unconditionally and forever was working in us and working through us so don't get caught up that you that you say, I can't be holy. You're correct. You can't be holy. But by God's grace, you can be holy. And by his grace, he will guide you through his spirit. He will protect you and lead you to trust in him and live him now. So don't just unwrap the gifts on Sunday and not forget to give a gift back to God each and every day. Not just on Christmas Day, but every day of our lives. May we freely give back to the God who loves us unconditionally. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful that you have blessed us better than we ever deserved. Your grace, your mercy abounds so much so. Forgive us the times, God, that we have allowed our own selfish interests to blind us of the truth of seeing you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the shedding of his blood, for the remission of our sins. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and risen from the grave. Lord, I pray that they receive your truth and that they find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church. Now, God, transform us, renew us, change us, change our hearts, change our minds, that we continue daily, Lord, surrender and submit our lives to you, that we just Truly surrender to be your disciples, to be your servants, so that the words of our mouth and meditate our hearts be said the Lord and our side. For you are our rock and our redeemer, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
Thank you for joining us. Uh, we will prepare to continue to worship our God through our tithes and offering. You're also able to give online uh, through our church website or through our uh, church app. You can download that from our website, designbcpeoria.com. Thank you for joining us on Facebook and YouTube. Continue to like and subscribe and share with a friend. God bless you. May he keep you until we meet again. Jesus loves you, and so do I.